Welcome to episode 29 of the Icario podcast. Today is a special episode because it comes off the back of a very interesting experience that we went through as a team. For two weeks, we spent our time by the seaside and during this period, we were fully engrossed in personal development experiments. We had a stacked schedule that started in the morning that included multiple physical exercise sessions every day. It included contemplative exercises and writing exercises, and it also included deeply focused work sessions. Basically, for two weeks, we were putting all of the kinds of things that we talk about on this podcast, about being a high performer and about living a better life, we're putting these things into practice in a really intense manner. And in today's episode, you'll hear from the different Ikario team members who were part of this two-week retreat. We're all sharing our biggest lessons learned, our biggest takeaways, and what this experience was like for us. And we also talk about what all of this means for the future of Ikario. Also worth noting, one of the things that we did during these two weeks is we made videos about all of these personal development experiments that we were doing, and we will link to the playlist where you can watch all of these videos in the show notes. So if this is the first you hear about this two-week retreat we did, then make sure to check that out because those videos will give you a good sense of what we did and what kind of results we got. And as always, all of the links and relevant notes that go with this episode, you can find in the show notes. And for this episode, the show notes are at ikario.com forward slash 029 for episode 29. ikario.com forward slash 029. And with that, let's get into the content. Welcome to the Ikario podcast, where we help you break free from the human zoo, optimize your life and become a force to be reckoned with. With your hosts, Oli, or, you know, I'm, I'm, done, I'm done in the Dragon Ball Z kind of vibe today. Is that, is that what that is? That's what's going on. Yeah, we, we, um, we trained boxing in the park, and I totally, I kind of totally forgot that we were going to be on the podcast, so here I am. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Casual Fridays, basically. Casual Fridays. For those that are listening to this, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sporting a tank top, which is why, so you can't really tell the difference between the tank top and my skin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's me, Oli. <laughs> and here he is. And I'm Shane. And... So I'm actually going to step out in a sec because today what we're going to talk about is the two-week retreat that we did. So basically on the Acario team, for the part of the team that's here in Portugal, we spent two weeks in a villa in the south of Portugal. And this was essentially like a super intense growth experience. It was designed to be a growth experience. We did all kinds of challenges. We had a really stacked daily schedule. And we made a bunch of videos about this. So on our YouTube channel, you can see all those videos. And we have more coming out as we're recording this. But in this episode, we want to talk about this experience in a bit more detail. Because every video is like a little sampling of, here's one thing we did, here's what happened. And every video is usually like under 10 minutes. So there's only so much we can actually um, you know, get across. And there's quite a lot to this experience we had, even though it was only two weeks. It, there's quite a lot in that experience that really doesn't fit into a series of, of five-minute videos or 10-minute videos. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And to do that, what we're going to do is kind of a series of short conversations. And Ollie is basically going to have a short conversation with everyone on the team where we will explain what we did and what effects it had. And 
an overarching idea here is to give you a sense of, yeah, a sense of like the Ikario way of life optimization, what that looks like. And I think you'll find a lot of stuff in here that you can also apply. Yeah. So with that, let's get started. Let's crack on. Okay, so we spent two weeks in the Algarve in a villa, um, and the, the environment was absolutely gorgeous, wasn't it? It, it was. It was indeed. pretty stunning. We were, we were quite blessed with the weather as well. Um, but yeah, just um, tell me a little bit about your experience. Like what, uh, what's, what kind of stood out for you? I think the important thing to understand is that we did a lot of different challenges and they all were targeting different aspects of our lives, some physical, some mental, some emotional. And for me, what stood out was just basically the compound effect of these different challenges in conjunction with each other. So I'll give you one example. Um, we we did something, we did beach grappling, fighting on the beach. Yep. We uh, did some self-reflection exercises, so self-acceptance. Yep. And then we did the Momentum Mori exercise. Con yeah. yeah, so let's talk a, just a little bit about each of these. Um, for anyone who's not seen the YouTube videos, um, and for those just first listening to this and not really heard of this challenge before, all of the, the videos we publish on each of these challenges are going to be in the show, uh, show notes, ikario.com forward slash 029. So you can check those out. But um, yeah, so you mentioned, the first one you mentioned was Memento Mori. So tell me a little bit about what that challenge actually was, what, what we did. Very simply put, you take some time to contemplate your own death. <laughs> that you, you, you just you come to terms with the fact that like this is going to happen. And then we did a, a series of different challenges to sort of really try and embrace that idea. One of them was a discussion uh, at night that, that went on for about an hour. Uh, there were some quiet meditation sessions, just taking it in. We visited a cemetery. So yeah, we just tried different approaches to really get nestled in with the idea that we're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we did it with certain, certain exercises and challenges brought death pretty damn close. Mm. Yeah, n now that you kind of have an idea of what that is, self-acceptance exercises on the same note, we, we tried a, a series of different things. But the, the point that I'd like to get to is the combination of those three things together. So we did memento mori, becoming aware, becoming aware of your own death. We had self-acceptance. And so beach a bunch, of, bunch of exercises that helps you accept who you are, like writing prompts and discussions and stuff. And the third thing you mentioned was beach grappling, beach grappling where... Every day we just went to the beach and we just, we grappled. So me, so me, um, me and Shane, we have experience with grappling uh, and wrestling. So it wasn't just five guys just turning up and just kicking the crap out <laughs> of each other. <laughs> we actually taught each other, um, like how to grapple effectively and, and most importantly, safely as well. Mm. Uh, so we did that for like seven days on the trot. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, just to give you guys a little bit more context. So, so you're saying that the, each of these three exercises in conjunction with each other, with each other, they, they did something yeah. that's sort of, sort of greater than the sum of their parts, would yeah. you say? So this is how it unfolds. The grappling on the beach was a little bit uncomfortable for me. Uh, we've discussed this before, that I have sort of nice guy tendencies. I have a problem of asserting myself, getting into other people's space. And grappling, I mean, you don't get more into somebody else's space than that. Like you're getting physical with somebody else. You're pushing, you're pulling, you're, you're really going for it. And... Uh, the exercises we did were a nice way to get into that. But then by day three or four, I could feel like 
you know, we, we need to step this up. And I, I couldn't. I had this reservation or resistance to be able to step that up. And I was battling with that a bit. And then it just so happened to be that that night we did a self-acceptance exercise where I had to find a point of resistance of what I don't accept about myself. Well, hello, there it is. <laughs> so I got to work with that. I got to sit and write about it, think about it and go, this is something that I'm struggling with. And by discussing that with the team and saying this is something that is difficult for me, I got to see sort of, oh, push yourself just a little bit harder tomorrow. Try this tomorrow. And the next day, instantly, I mean, everybody saw it. It was like, whoa, <laughs> Dean's we got did, a bit more push, we right? Did, we did see it, yeah. <laughs> so just, just to clarify, so the thing that you were struggling to accept about yourself was? That I felt intimidated by a challenge like this, that I couldn't push myself. I, I, I mean, I'm a fairly big guy. I've got a lot of strength, yet I'm mousing around. In the grappling? Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can really push a little harder. Got you. Yeah. So so the self-acceptance kind of unveiled that Definitely. that's something that you struggled yeah. with. And then we can add the third layer to this. Then we did the momentum mori and I just realized the urgency. Mm. Like time is running out. I do not have time to wait for this to get better. It's like it's now. Tomorrow we're on the beach again. It's day five. There's only two more days left of this. I accept myself as I am, but I also want to push myself. So it was just, yeah, that that notion of knowing that this is all going to come to an end. I do not have time. That really made the next day of grappling even easier to push myself. So you get the idea. So the, the three of these in combination for me was just a massive eye opener. Each one individually would have been great. But the combination was like a superpower for for nice guys to knock that nice guyness right out of them. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. So so the grappling unveiled a reservation you had. Mm. The self acceptance unveiled that you didn't like that part mm. of you, and the momentum Mori kind of came in and was like, "Oi, you don't have that much time. Yeah, <laughs> time is this. not guaranteed to you. Yeah, deal with this now, kind of exactly. thing. Exactly." Yeah, and we yeah. did notice a difference yeah. on like day three or four. <laughs> you're, yeah. just, you're trying to take everyone down. It's crazy. It's like, <laughs> like a different kind of Dean on the beach. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. just to sum up my, my trip, that was one stack, I can call it, stack of challenges. There were other many other challenges we did. Uh, I've got other stacks. Um, one was just basically for relaxation. It was uh, a breathing exercise. You can go into that a bit later. Um, and that no drinking coffee and um, yeah, basically just another group of them was a complete relaxation method. Yeah. So b before we started recording this, you told me that there was t there was sort of two groupings. So we've already covered one. So the second grouping was. Um, so it's, it's uh, I'll tell you what they are. They're mouth taping. Mouth taping. Yeah. Soma breathing. Soma breathing. And what did I have? Oh, oh yeah. No coffee. No coffee. Yeah. So those three together work in combination quite well together. And I've I've taken those home. I'm I'm still practicing those three challenges as a daily habit now. Right. So what so, are they? So yeah, so what are they? So to the mouth taping. So yeah. this is actually a challenge that I I didn't I've I've still not engaged with. Um so you can tell me a little bit more about mouth taping. Like uh, it's about not breathing through your nose. You want to breathe through your mouth. So when you go to sleep at night the other way around. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. other way around. You, you want to breathe through your nose. Um, so you tape up your mouth. You put a tiny little piece of tape over your lips. 
and you go to sleep. It's just basically, it's not to block your mouth. It's just to keep it like this, like so you can still breathe through there. But it prevents you from mouth breathing all night. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So, yeah, so I saw you guys all divvying up the surgical tape mm. and just, you know, I wonder what that was all about. Yeah. So it's like, it's encouraging breathing through the nostrils, basically. Yeah. Okay. And and the benefits to that will, pr will probably be covered more in the, the math taping video as well, right? Exactly. But yeah, for me, it, it, it gave me better breathing immediately the next day. And then we would do breathing exercises on top of that, which work better. So you can see they, they kind of work well together. And then not having coffee, how that works with those was basically just they, they, um, there was no agitation in my day. And if I needed a calming method, use the breathing, breathing exercise. So it, it was just basically in combination, all three of them are a great state of mind changing tool. Hmm. So we had the math taping, which helps you breathe through the nose. And the second one was soma breathing. So soma breathing, we would listen to, and by the way, all these challenges we did, were like, they were like seven day challenges, um, which, and you can imagine there was just a shed load of overlap. There was like a couple of days where we were just doing challenges like all day long. Uh, and the, the soma breathing was, um, so we, so Shane suggested a bunch of different YouTube videos. I can stick those in the show notes as well. God, the show note resources are going to be stacked <laughs> be for this stacked, episode. It's yeah. going to be jam-packed. But like uh, yeah, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but we had, um, what was his name? Dave. Dave. Dave, these guided soma, like these guided breathwork meditations lasted about 20 minutes apiece on YouTube. And yeah, they were. Like, we woke up and by like nine, nine o'clock, we'd, we'd all be sat around doing these guided breathwork meditations. And I was, I personally was well impressed at how effective that was. Mm at starting your day it's like better than coffee i'd say yeah definitely it was a replacement for me yeah which leads us nicely into the third one which was just not drinking coffee but drinking green tea instead yeah so that's well, kind of self-explanatory yeah. <laughs> the ins and outs of this challenge guys are, <laughs> we just basically didn't drink coffee we drank green mm. tea instead um so yeah you're saying that the three Mouth taping, semi breathing, and not drinking coffee kind of had this like relaxing, state yeah. changing effect on you. So since since I've come back, I had coffee once, as in real coffee with caffeinated, and I was just like, just I can't take it anymore, <laughs> so I've stopped. And in that particular day, I just went off, did a soma breathing exercise for twenty minutes, and completely reset for the day. And yeah, it works. It really works. I swear by it. Like I'm using it. I've I've doing it every day. I'm gonna keep it. Nice. So, I guess we can uh, we can finish this up by asking you what uh, you know the, the the main takeaways, the things that you're gonna continue to do after the after the the retreat, and mm. any insights you gained that you'll sort of carry forward. The the main takeaway is that I'm gonna keep doing the things that work. I mean that's pretty self-explanatory and the method that I've implemented for that is I've got a whiteboard at um, at home I've seen I've, it. yeah it's pretty full there's 17 different habits on there at the moment I don't have to do all of them every day but I have to do all of them regularly I kind of can't miss one for three three days or so and yeah I'm just ticking them off every day and it feels really good I I really feel like these things are improving my life I'm not doing because doing them because I have to it's like for the first time it's 
I can't wait. I keep going back to the board. Like, what can I take off next? Oh, yeah, I haven't done summer breathing today. Oh, I haven't done this yet. So off I go and I go and do it. And my productivity in the days has just been great the last two, three days. Knocked out two video edits like in two days. So clearly I'm, I'm taking the time for all these habits is making me more productive. So I don't, what more of a takeaway do I need than that? Nice. It's been, it's been amazing. What's happening? Yeah. So, uh, so there was Dean here a moment ago, but yeah. I turned around and then when I looked back, it was replaced by a, a Canadian fella. A better version. He's just, he's just version. sat across from me and I was like, I'm not gonna ask any questions. I'm just gonna, just gonna roll with it. So, yeah. <laughs> so Ryan, how was the, uh, how was the two week self created retreat for you? Man, it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. Like, and I, and I don't want to come up here and be like, oh, it was so good. But it was. It was It was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was. was. It was pretty kick-ass. What yeah, we, um, so, like, with Dean, I just spoke about what his main takeaways were. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just fire the same question at you. What, uh, what, what did you get out of the experience? Yeah. So, I think for me, like, you know, like, something we talk about a lot is, like, your environment changing your environment, changing your habits and stuff like that. And I think what this basically was for me is like, take me how I am right now, what I do right now, and just plot me in a completely different place, surrounded by good people, good food, good weather, and also the habits. Like we were basically forced into this for people who, who don't know, like extremely intensive schedule kind of, yeah. where like, we wake up and we're doing a breathing exercise. And then after that, we're going to do, you know, physical exercise, running, and then I shower and then I'm working on a video and then, oh, it's five o'clock. We got to go wrestle on the beach. And, then, <laughs> and that's what it was like, right? And so it, you're basically being plopped into this intensive schedule. And I think that what that did is, so there's two things, right? One is the environment and two is the habits. So the schedule basically forced you into these habits, like whether you wanted to or not, you're waking up at this time. At this time, you're turning your screens off because we did like a no artificial light challenge, right? Which basically meant that after 9 p.m., we weren't allowed to use our phones or technology or anything. So yeah. you're basically forced into like, listen, you're going to have really good habits whether you want to or not and mm. whether you call them good or, or whatever, but we were busy. And so it's like, like I said, like, taking you exactly how you are, putting you in a different environment and making you do different things, right? And then seeing how that, it was basically an experiment we did, right? And seeing how that affected me. And I think it affected all of us really well. You know yeah. what I mean? And so for me, let me just quickly talk about the takeaways. Um, for one, like, yeah, I just felt a lot better. I've lost weight. I think I lost a significant amount of weight just because we're so active. We're eating so well. The, the best thing for me is kind of the mental state that it put me in because I think that what happened was, you know, you're so busy that you don't have time for the regular worries and thoughts that you'd normally have. And you're, you're doing so much constructive, positive things. And, you know, at night you're sitting around with the, the guys on the team and talking and eating and laughing and stuff like that. And it's just like, you don't have time for the regular mental patterns that I think were there before, mm. you know? And so I really enjoyed it from that perspective. And so, you know, I, I, I should maybe let you get a word in at some point in this giant soliloquy. 
But uh, <laughs> well, well, I forgot. I well, for one, I completely forgot what soliloquy was. Oh, it's like a Shakespeare thing when one person talks for a really long time. Oh, right. like a play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. The, so the question I had just came up was: um, Is there anything like you found challenging about it, about the whole experience? That's the thing. The whole thing was challenging. Hmm. So it's like you think that, okay, if I'm challenged physically, mentally, emotionally, everything, then I'm going to be less happy. But it was almost like the opposite. It's like from me being challenged and being pushed, for some reason, I was more happy. It's like after doing a soma breathing and a hard workout and a cold shower and then coming out, it's like, oh, wow, I feel so good. You know what I mean? It's like I feel better than if I was just lounging around all day, do a bit of work. So, yeah. So, but it was challenging, yeah. And you're saying that the the fact that it was challenging was itself not a negative. It was it was a positive. It kind of made you feel better. I think so. Mm. Yeah. So just for a moment, let's let's just uh, let's just recap on one of our busiest days. What did it? What did one of the busiest days actually look like? Because we were laughing about this, weren't we? So we'd <laughs> so help me recap. So we'd we'd get up. Yeah. Um, and there'd be a what? Well, so first of all, there was like a sunrise challenge mm. in in the we were like, I didn't do this, but I think yeah. it was Dean and Shane that did this. Oh. Woke up with the sunrise. Yeah. So that was one challenge that was going on. And then we'd obviously have no coffee. So it's just like no. just green tea. Mm-hmm. We'd do soma breathing at nine. Yeah. You and Shane would do a cold shower after that. Well, right. actually, no, because we'd also, just because apparently we didn't have enough shit going on, yeah. we also <laughs> decided to just do a workout that we didn't make into a content piece at all. Yeah, it was just part of it. Yeah, and then we'd do cold showers, and then we'd edit videos, and then at some point we'd do some self-acceptance in the day, and then one day we were at a graveyard after the self-acceptance, yeah. contemplating our death. And then they'd be grappling, but then we'd get back in the evening and we'd have to switch off phones and stuff at nine o'clock and have a conversation for a couple of hours. Mm. Is there anything I've missed or is that kind of... No, I mean, but you can just tell by that. that it's like we had no time to even think about what we were doing. And, and it's funny because it's like along with all these challenges, we also had to publish one video per day. Yeah, of which course. Which was not a challenge we talked about, but... That's yeah, another, that was kind of like right? a meta challenge. It was like the, yeah. the, like an umbrella challenge of the whole thing was, oh, by the way, you got to do all these things. Oh, and while, while you're editing and publishing a video every single day, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty damn hectic. Um, I mean, another question I have for you then is given what you went through with the, the two weeks and the, the, your main takeaways, what would you say to, to someone, like if someone wanted to, to improve their life, in mm. some sort of way like this in terms of their environment for example mm. is there anything that you would um anything that you would say to them based on what you learned from the experience i mean it's a good it's a good question but like i think all of us on this team right we are all into self development we're all into experimenting with different habits and different morning routines and different times to wake up and work out we we do that already but there's something about this that was different from that so it's kind of like I said, like plopping yourself into a completely different environment. And then it has you reflect on like, oh, you know, I wasn't really living like this at home. So I want to make these changes. So what I would say to people is like, maybe just find a way to take yourself out of your normal environment for a little bit, whether that's doing a retreat, whether that's traveling somewhere, 
something constructive obviously not going for like a two-week drinking binge in cancun or something that's not gonna (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna do you much good but you know what i mean like find a way to to and it's not necessarily easy right and this is why we want to eventually at some point host retreats like this so we can give this experience to people Mm. Uh, but you know i think i basically don't know i'd like to ask shane this question yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna feel that question to Shane later on in the episode. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, just relay that one over. <laughs> yeah. So you you mentioned that you noticed changes from just being being plopped in a whole, whole new different environment. Yeah. So the question comes up for me then: When you came back to to Lisbon into the usual environment, did you notice a shift, a change, maybe more friction in your habits? Like, mm. did you notice anything? like anything changed as a result of that, like a permanent change, or was it merely just a result of being in a different environment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we've been back for, what, a few days now, so it's hard to know if permanent, but Mm. um, yeah. So while I was there, I was basically just like, I need to make some changes. And I was kind of afraid that I would come back and just go back to the regular way of doing things. But like, I'd say the two main takeaways is like moving in the morning, like movement in the morning, uh, that definitely made me feel way better. So I'm exercising in the morning now and the other thing was just like just taking more action Uh, just not thinking so much and just doing you know what I mean like not as much planning not as much pontificating and thinking and imagining and all this and just start doing stuff start pushing yourself more because like I said from pushing myself right I was seeing all these benefits and I just felt so good uh and so I realized, like, how can I push myself more in when I get back? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I joined a new gym, which I'm going to now, which is, like, classes-based CrossFit. <laughs> for the internet. I can't say that on the internet, right? Not, not now. And uh, so, yeah, I joined a CrossFit gym, which I really have been wanting to do for a long time. I went this morning for the first, first one. And it's like, yeah, I just want to live on, like, a faster pace, you know? So hopefully I keep implementing that. Nice. So, so like less, less thinking about things and just more just taking, just taking action. Exactly. Right. So Ryan has shifted, um, has changed into, into Jonas. Um, yeah. So Jonas, isn't it? You, you, you German, German fella, not a, not a Canadian dude anymore. So yeah. So the retreat, two week retreat, how was it for you? I have mixed feelings. I, I think it was a great experience just because we were together, we were there, we had this amazing place, we did all the things that we did there, and I really felt like that this new kind of lifestyle had like an effect rather than the simple challenges itself, like the accumulative effect was really like the thing that surprised me. But at the same time, um, and it is my fault, I had stuff, uh, production in Cologne, and this was not supposed to be, but it happened, and I could not like let go of this responsibility, and then yeah, ruined sorry. it. So, for the, for those that don't know, uh, Jonas is a is a le- pretty legit filmmaker. While he also works for a, with Acario, he also is just casually like doing producing and filmmaking responsibilities. So, yeah, that that's something that did come up on the on the retreat for two weeks. Yeah. You're essentially like producing. You're like producing a movie from yeah. from a distance. Yeah, for it's, two weeks. it's a nasty business. Um, it was supposed we were supposed to be already into shooting when the retreat commenced, 
but we have um, we had immense troubles with um, the budgeting and the Corona guidelines in Germany. So yeah, so you had, had to delay, so, so you, you know. so you basically had you had something distracting you from the retreat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. there one hundred percent. It's it's not good. But that being said, in terms of I mean. Previously in the episode, we've already talked about mm. the different challenges we did. Mm. Um, despite the distraction, what um, what did you? Was there anything that stuck out for you as being more of a, like a growth experience? Maybe an exercise that mm. that resonated with you that you enjoyed the most, or you got more, the most out of? What do you think? I really, I'm I'm really deeply connected to two three things. One is memento mori. Like mm. I I I just love like existential philosophy in this kind of way i just just i'm completely sucker for it so i I could think about this all day and it makes great material for stories so i'm inherently like drawn to it um but it's also like the question of what should i do with my life and 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 i think um pondering about it is like one of my favorite things so that was just that was just a bliss and then all of the things to do in the evening you know the candle lights and and all of that I don't know. I like. I really like the vibe, and it really like slowed everything down. And it, because those weeks were so stressful for me, I really realized how everything just like, you know, like everything calmed down, and, and there were no responsibilities in that time, right? And I, I that made me realize like my ratio between like responsibility and rest, and like how I how. Maximum responsibility can only be a sprint for me, right? I cannot take maximum responsibility all the time because otherwise I'm gonna go nuts. And 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 that was that was one of those things which helped me. And and the exercise as well, right? Before, in, in times when I did not experience so much responsibility, which happens every now and then, um, where it's just like it's it's you know it's it, it's a good life and and but. You know, it's there's not something huge there that requires like all my attention. It's all out and it's high risk and everything. But in this case, that that was true. So really, I was not only surprised by the evening bits, but also by the workout bits, including the grappling, including the boxing, including even yoga, which I've I, man, I hated that shit in, in acting school. Like, oh, Jesus, the passion, <laughs> right? Um, but it was fine for some reason. And looking back at it now, it was like because it was so stressful and high intensity because of the all the bullshit that I did to myself in that time. It was like um, it it was almost like a it was mental rest. It was mental rest and and physical like activity. And because of that shift, it was almost like one part of my body was working. Yeah, it was was chilling, and, and, and you know, and, you know, like, and I was I was really surprised to see that this really worked out for me. And I, like, I, it's hard to speculate because there is no alternative timeline to this. But I might have cracked up during this time without you know like the proper physical stuff that we did. Got yeah. So yeah, you you we were we were editing, we were publishing a video a day as a team. Yeah. Which was we were doing all these challenges, yeah. And me and Ryan, we were just talking about how that was challenging in itself, yeah. But then, on top of that, you were producing, <laughs> you were producing the movie, and so you're saying that the exercise and the the chilling out in the evenings, like switching mm-hmm. our phones off and everything mm-hmm. at nine o'clock, candlelight, and having conversations before bed and whatnot, yeah. And and yeah, that so that really that helped you manage yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. Totally, one hundred percent, yeah. 
And on top of that, the memento mori just that's something that suits you. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's just something that I love every 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 day out of the year. It's no problem. It's, it's one it's one thing it one thing I find really really interesting is like yeah I'm I in the same vein like the same day I'm contemplating my death and mm -hmm. I'm like oh my god. I'm going to die. Meanwhile, you're like <laughs> contemplating death, like, oh, interesting stories. It's like, it's a very different kind of Exactly. Kind like, of response. I, I get immediately, like, deeply excited about this kind of stuff. It's, I think it's also because I've already thought about it. Like, if it, if I would be confronted with it, like, the first time, or, like, I've thought about it theoretically a lot. Let's put it like that. I've not come, like, I, I struggle with, like, imagining, like, oh, I will die at one day before I'm ready and before I've done all the things and stuff like that and like letting go of this was really hard and but also pushed me to think about legacy before I thought it was the time to think about this kind of stuff and like yeah just things like that this is why I love this kind of exercise nice okay hey Shane you're back yes <laughs> you've been sat over there and now you're sat here <laughs> um so obviously um I want to kind of just, I, I want to ask a similar sort of question that I've asked the other guys of, of mm. what the experience was like for you, but also because the whole of retreat was your idea to begin with. Um, I'd also like to sort of tap into that a little bit about what came, you know, what gave rise to this idea, what you learned from it and, and how you're going to use this going forward with whatever, whatever you do. So I'll ask you the first one, mm. um, personally for you, these two weeks, um, what did you get out of it? Well, it was... I mean, I enjoyed it very much as well. I, I think it was probably a bit different for me than for the rest of the team because I was essentially the designer of the experience. And so everything we did was based on something I'd already done before and it was based on my own experience. And so I was probably the only person on the team for whom none of the challenges were new. Hmm. Uh, and I think that, that changes the quality of it, right? So it, it was less... Um, yeah, it, it was less, there was less novelty for me. But having said that, I also found that it was really nice to have like this intense schedule and to be able to kind of make self-development your job almost, right? It's like you, you, all day, that's what you're basically doing. I mean, we were still doing other work. We were still working on videos and publishing those and stuff. But a big portion of the day was just dedicated to very directly doing self-development work. And that was really cool. And also, I have to say that I still benefited from the various challenges. And actually, to a surprising degree, I have to say, you know, in this context, revisiting some exercise like a self-acceptance exercise or something like that, even though it's something I've probably already spent hundreds of hours doing, is still, I still get a benefit out of it. And yeah, I think to a greater degree than I expected, this was like, oh, even though I'm doing all this stuff that I've already done or already have a lot of experience with, it still makes a difference, which is also, which was cool to experience, yeah. Hmm. So I just want to clarify that, so each of these challenges, so obviously this whole thing was your idea, mm -hmm. each of the, the challenges were your idea. Um, I, I think the only one that wasn't was the like sort of 9 p.m. switch off and we have candles, right? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. So but, but the challenges that you designed, you had done these previously, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just wanted to, wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, the, the so where they come from is basically, I mean, this kind of goes back to something we talked about, I think on the first episode of the podcast, where, it, you know, the reason I started Icario was because 
I have experienced immense growth in my own life. And I've also, through working with other people, I've seen that this translates, that, that there's stuff here. It's almost like, I think of it like a toolbox, right? There's a, there's a box of tools here that I've discovered that are clearly uh, useful for myself as well as for other people. And it helps people improve themselves, suffer less, empower themselves, that kind of thing. And my motivation with Ikario is simply to find a way to, to bring this kind of stuff to as many people as possible. And so this experience we had, this two-week experience was essentially, it was that kind of thing. It was basically looking through my entire toolbox and thinking about, okay, what do I put into a two-week experience? And I'm generally picking things that I feel like I got the most out of, plus things that combine well. So not every challenge was... Um, you know, super profound. Some of them were simple, but that's also because, yeah, if you just try to stack every most intense challenge you can think of uh, all together, it's just going to be too much. So it was a combination of these two things. Is like, what are the most useful things I think we can do that also fit in scheduling wise and that fit in where we can do multiple challenges together without it being too much? Yeah. Got yeah. So what gave you the idea to run? like a self-made retreat like this? Like, did you see anything online? Did, did you get inspiration no, from I anywhere? Mean, this or? is this is basically what I'd wanted to do originally. This is what the apprenticeship was supposed to be like. Right? So when, right uh, even before we started Icario, uh, originally this team came together. It was supposed to be, um, I think it was planned to be like a 10-week retreat and or a 10-week ten, ten apprenticeship where the idea was to do this kind of thing um, and and yeah, and do content creation and do some some skill building stuff and so on. Um, that was supposed to be how the whole thing started, and it's because of Corona that it didn't. Mm. So it's basically been on my mind for a long time, and it was more like okay, even though we still don't have the full team together, I just felt like we just need to do this at some point, and I didn't want to put it off any longer. Got yeah, and obviously making content about it is it fulfills the the role of of bringing this to more people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one venue, right? If we can show what we're doing, we do our own experimentation, we make interesting content about it. That's one way in which we can try to bring this to more people. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, and the the whole point of making the content is hopefully to get people to see it and go, "Oh, I could do that too." Mm. And hopefully they get a benefit too, yeah. Yeah. So this is obviously it's been a two week retreat it's been like a the pilot retreat as it were mm -hmm. so can you see us running retreats similar to that before uh, uh sorry in the future mm -hmm. um and if uh, what would you change about like if you ran a retreat again in the future and maybe charge for it mm -hmm. what would you change about what we what we did versus what you would sort of charge for yeah i think that for sure it's once again a proof of concept right it's it's it proves once again that we can take these ideas and turn them into an experience that makes a difference to people. And I think that, yeah, again, I think of everything in terms of like skill building essentially. And so I'm thinking that, you know, we can definitely get to the point where we get very good at designing an experience that will absolutely blow people's minds for, mm. for how much it changed their lives. And I think these two weeks show that there's a lot of potential for that. Um, and it would be different. The main difference would be that the content creation aspect wouldn't be in there, mm. right? So we are kind of doing, we're doing like dual purpose there. On the one hand, we are doing all these experiments 
for ourselves. It's like we're doing the retreat, plus we are making all these videos about what we're doing. So if you did this as a retreat with, um, with people, right? If you did this as a product, essentially, and you invite people to this experience, then that would be a little different um, because it would either be a full-on retreat where the entire thing is just about growth, where essentially people would take a vacation from their normal life in order to do this and go through the transformation and then go back into their normal lives. That's one way in which we could do this. Another way in which you could do this is you could do it with you know, entrepreneurs and creators, for example, and do something similar where you say, look, okay, for, you know, for like a four or five hour window during the day, we're going to just get our heads down and be super productive. So you're going to do all this personal growth stuff. You're going to do five times more exercise than, than you normally do. And you're also going to be about twice as productive as normal. And that could be an experience as well. And we'll have to see, I'd like to try both of those approaches um, and, you know, and, and see how it goes. And yeah, in terms of, also in terms of like selecting the challenges and how to do it and so on, it would be a bit different because we'd also not be confined to, you know, what we did now is like every challenge was basically a seven day challenge and then turn that into a video and so on. And you wouldn't be confined to that. You know, you could, you could do things where you say, okay, let's say it's a two week retreat. Some things you would do every day for all, for the two weeks. Some things you might just do once, you know, because again, you because you don't have to turn it into content, you could be much more, you could just design it differently, basically. But also, you know, one thing that, that became clear to me from doing this is that there really is um, a unique configuration here. And that's, I guess that's also with all the work we've done so far with Ikari, it's becoming clearer and clearer to me that we are doing something, not only something that's really effective, but also something that's really unique. And for me, I think it comes down to essentially this kind of the, the warrior ethos or the warrior archetype again. Because, yeah, if I just, or it, that's kind of the, the thread that, that ties some of these challenges together that seem unrelated. It's like, because why are we grappling on the beach? Or, you know, why are we practicing grappling and boxing? And why is there so much physical exercise to begin with? And why are we contemplating our death and things like that, right? It, that, it seems like a lot of these things are like seem a bit random yeah. until you think about the warrior archetype. And, and the warrior archetype is, is, about, um, is about becoming a force to be reckoned with, essentially. Like, how do you build yourself into a force to be reckoned with? And from the perspective of, of the warrior archetype, first of all, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you're going to practice martial skills and you're going to exercise a lot because you need to hone your your physical ability, right? And also contemplating death becomes important. Like you have to be able to face your death as a warrior. You have to be cool about that basically. Now, in a practical sense, for most of us, you can say, well, we, I don't need that. You know, I'm not about to have a duel to my death or something like that. But the thing is, there is a lot of carryover, you know, and that's basically something that I have felt for a long time and has definitely been true for me it is that when you do things like, okay, when, when, you, when you do martial training, such as grappling, boxing, etc., it is, first of all, it is an excellent workout. I mean, it's just, especially with the grappling, I've noticed that again, it's just the most intense full body workout. It's just so 
intense. It's so intense and it uses every fiber of your body, basically. Yeah, in just three, in just like a two minute round yeah. on the beach, mm -hmm. we just, we were just spent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like from a, if you think about, you know, if you take from, take like a, an urbanite perspective to this, it's a really good workout. You want to look good naked, some, some grappling is going to help with that goal, you know. But then there are elements to this type of training that you don't get from something like lifting weights. And that is, for example, that you have to manage your ego. You have to manage aggression and competitiveness. And you, and it's also, you know, there's a huge difference between like standing on the lifting platform by yourself and lifting weights, which lots of benefits to that too. You know, I, I like doing that too. But it's very different, like being in a competition with someone else and balancing like the competition and playfulness and that kind of training, you know, you're interacting, the, the, the dynamism of training you get from as soon as you interact with another person is just totally different. And so there's, there are these aspects to it where it can teach you, it can teach you like how to um, manage certain emotions. It can teach you humility as well. It's, it's a big thing about martial skills, right? It's like basically no matter who you are, right? Someone can just wipe the floor with you. No matter how hard you've trained, there's some someone somewhere is just it could just run circles around you, no problem. And it teaches you humility. You know, you think you're you you think the, you're the big tough guy. It very quickly teaches you that you're not, and you have to just be cool with that. You know, yeah, you just have to be cool with that. Okay, I'm training this thing, and and. Yeah, and I'm not the best and I have to stay humble and, but again, stay engaged in the game, right? Stay engaged in the game, stay engaged in the learning process and stuff. And these are all aspects that I think are really useful in other areas of life. And martial training is one of the best ways to get them. Yeah. And the same with, with like Memento Mori, like contemplating your death is... Um, it's just a very simple reality of being alive is that you are going to die. Most of us are not very comfortable with this idea. And, but the truth is, if you can learn, I think that learning how to confront the brutal facts is one of the most valuable things you can do. Right? It's like a very important, like let's say mental skill to learn to confront the brutal facts of what's going on, meaning that you don't like resist in your mind you know, it's, it's almost like you have a sensor in your mind. And when things are going poorly and you don't like that, the sensor will be like, no, no, it will deny things that are happening so that you feel better in the moment. Well, that's not very useful, right? It's not useful. It's useful if you want to feel a little better right now, but it's not useful if you want to be able to make, let's say, strategically good decisions. And learning to confront your own mortality is a very direct training of confronting the brutal facts. Can you sit here and say, yes, I am in fact going to die. This is going to happen to me. You can you sit with that? Can you can you feel the discomfort of that arise and be okay with it and keep going? You know that kind of thing. And so I think that if you look at it like as a whole, right? We have we have a lot of things that are like physical training, physical discipline, martial training, all the um, skill building and emotional uh, and inner game aspects that come with that. We have this kind of mental training, confronting the brutal facts and other things. We have high productivity. So because we're, we're doing super productive work while all this is going on, right? Arguably the most productive period we've had so far. Um, 
So you have that and you have other aspects of, you know, just like habit building, skill building, environment optimization. And of course, you have the community factor where a lot of this is about the fact that it's a group of people. We have a lot of conversations. We support each other and so on. You have all that coming together into a package that I don't think you can get anywhere else. You know, if you look at what's going on in the in the personal development industry, um, yeah, if you look at all the like the different authors, the different um, whatever people who organize retreats and so on, I feel like that this this package we have really stands out. And it's not to say that all the others are bad, right? It's obviously, like in any market, you know, it's good to have choice. And maybe you like the the you know something that's like like more hippie and more spiritual. And there's a thing for you, right? And I feel like. In that sense, I feel like what we have is really a product that is unique that doesn't exist yet. Mm. And we've proven that it does, um, you know, it's highly effective for people. And yeah, that it makes me it makes me very confident about this. It makes me very confident about this. It's basically, I have no doubt that we have an amazing product and we kind of have to wait for the pandemic to fizzle out and we have to then start doing the work of bringing this product to people. But it, it made me feel more confident about our product, basically. Hmm. And the the uniqueness of it mm-hmm. was of, of what we do at Acario was not as apparent previously. Yeah, I think I mean it's it's almost like I'm going through a slow process of finding my voice and, and being more confident in, in my choices. Um because well I'm I'm very non-conformist, right? And for my own personal development, I've always done stuff that's kind of let's say weird and different. And it doesn't bother me, but when it when it comes to externalizing it, I'm, I'm more like, oh, is this is this too weird, <laughs> you know? And and so it's like a and so this retreat was like a an example of okay, I made things a bit more non generic and a bit weirder, and it still worked. And so I'm kind of finding, you know, I'm finding the, the I'm finding that kind of the fit between uh, my own experience, my own interests, and what works for other people. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool because you see, you, and, and yeah, you saw other guys that were just totally down mm-hmm. <laughs> with pretty much all of it. Yeah, and yeah. and that brings me to another thing we talked about actually in the car on the way to the shop mm. uh, while we're on the retreat. We were talking about how, I mean, you mentioned the warrior archetype, and we were talking about what kind of retreat we would run with this because we were coming up with different ideas. It's like an entrepreneur retreat mm-hmm. uh, or, entre- or entrepreneur and creator retreat. But we also threw up the idea of like, would a men's retreat in this similar way be useful? Yeah. And when you just mentioned the warrior archetype of like, you know, grappling, contemplating your own death, boxing, martial skills, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. I just, I just wonder what your thoughts were on that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I definitely think that, um, this is this is something I want to try out. I think that we have potentially the ex, uh, you know a combination of experiences here that we can put together that essentially would turn boys into men, and and I mean that like I think this is something that's missing is that we don't have like a rite of passage, and we and I think that there's a bit of a a crisis of masculinity as well. Um, that certainly I've, and we've talked about this on the team as well. It's like, I think a lot of men experience this, that there's something missing 
and it's it's kind of hard to to find your way. Most of us are basically told all kinds of things that are bad about our masculinity, right? But but we're not given an alternative, you know. Everybody's told about oh, toxic masculinity, this and that and the other. I was like, don't do this and don't do that. But we, it's much more difficult to come across like positive role models that aren't just like, oh, alpha male, oh, I hate the feminists kind of bullshit, right? <laughs> because that's just the pendulum swinging the other way, right? It's just blindly like, masculinity bad, masculinity good, masculinity bad, masculinity, <laughs> neither of those are useful, you know? <laughs> so it's like, there's, I feel like there's a gap there or it's kind of difficult to come across anyway. And yeah, and we, we lack these kind of rituals where you can, and I think for, I, th I think for men this is quite important to have something, to have something where they have to prove themselves, something they have to live up to, but then also kind of saying, okay, you've done it. You know? mm. um, and I think that that is something we could provide. I think in a in a very interesting sense. And when I say boys to men, I don't I don't necessarily mean literal boys. I think that in our development, many men in our in our development were stuck somewhere. Like psychologically. We're psychologically stuck in boy mode, right? In various aspects of life. And I think that we could, that's something I definitely want to try out because I really think that we could, in a relatively short span of time, really shake loose some things there and, and make something positive happen, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the, 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 the last thing I wanted to just comment on was we've mentioned a few times of like a hypothetical scenario of taking someone who is in the grip of of suffering essentially mm -hmm. who is struggling with meaning and purpose and relationships and all this other stuff and a sense of belonging and community and all the rest of it someone who maybe has like struggle, struggles with depression for example um someone who probably doesn't leave the house that much that kind of thing yeah and we've often hypothesized as to what could we create what environment could we create or an experience where we could take that person put them in this experience for however long and it would show them that life can can be very, very, very different. Yeah. In, in and in all the best ways. Yeah. And then it could possibly shift and cause a transformation and and allow them to at least see or glimpse for for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever the other side. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to comment on that. I mean, the, the retreat for me totally, it totally seemed like that was possible. Mm -hmm. So can, yeah, because you were you were struggling with, yeah, well, you were like struggling with mental health as well as you went in, right? Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I, I had just. I mean, I realized I recognized this only just last night. Really, it's only been like a month, maybe four, five weeks since I really got the 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 panic panic attacks come up. Mm. Um, but going into the retreat, I was a little nervous about going on it to be honest, because it felt. Um, I mean, yeah, because I was struggling with anxiety. And uh, just some, just a smidge of depression and, and, and de mm. depersonalization, and just a whole a whole cocktail. Um, but going into the retreat, I was kind of like, oh god, um, my body was saying, like, like the world is a threat. You need to basically hide in a place where it's safe. And the re retreat for me didn't feel safe. It was like loads of new different new experiences. Um, you know, it's like quite quite intense workload and stuff like that. But I decided to just. I was like, yeah, let's do it anyway. And I mean, over the two weeks, I can, I've noticed a, a, a measurable, however small it was, it was incremental, like difference from day to day. And I think for the two weeks I was there, and this is kind of probably my biggest takeaway of the whole thing, 
um, for the two weeks I was there, I, I think I managed to overcome anxiety slash depression that would have taken me months. Because um, because before I came to Lisbon and started living with the Acario team, it's like I lived on my own. Hmm. And I think if I had the same emotional turmoil, but I was just in an apartment on my own for most of the day, without connecting with people, without talking to people, without doing certainly doing these challenges that we did, I think it would have taken me a lot longer to recover from it, mm. like a lot longer. And it kind of just showed me that in two weeks, it was re- it, it became apparent to me after just a few days, it's actually, it, it's more of a mental effort to, to be depressed and anxious in this state because we're in this environment, mm. because we'd, we'd, wake, we'd wake up, I'd sleep really well because there was no noise. Mm. It's just birds chirping. So we'd, we'd sleep really well. Wake up, cup of green tea, go onto the balcony and just see this just majestic view <laughs> with the sunrise. I'm just like, and, and I'm apparently just gonna be like, mm, yeah, God, life is shit. It's like, no, look at the sunrise. God damn it. And then, um, not, you know, you, you can still be in a, a shitty mental headspace despite your environment, of course. But mm. it was, it was, it became clear to me that it was, it was difficult to, to keep that up. And over time it kind of just lifted. And I'm now just dealing with probably like 10% of what I was dealing with then. And it's a very persistent 10%, but it was, it was still, it just, it kind of just showed me that you change your environment, you socialize, like you hang around with people who are kind of growth minded, like, like they're just, just positive, just all around straight up positive people Mm. who aren't just complaining all the time, who aren't underhandedly trying to just like (laughs) trying to pull you down in any way. Just people are all just trying to be better and stumbling towards the light, I guess. Mm. Then it just, then it just showed me that this is it really is possible, and it and it kind of fascinated me too because depression and anxiety as a topic has been not something I've been researching a lot recently, and often it comes up that depression is like oh depression is this this mysterious force in deep in our psyche we don't quite know why it's there it's like right, um, <laughs> okay maybe the, an element of that is true right our minds are unmapped territory for the most part, however. The, most of the people that are depressed, if you looked at their lives, you'd find a shitload of needs is just not being met. Yeah. You know, um, connection, meaning and purpose, challenge, all the things that we need to feel that life is meaningful and our lives have some significance. If you looked at the majority of those depressed people, you might find that there's so many deficits there. Mm-hmm. So before we go into the argument of like, oh, it's this oh, it's deep in our psyche, we don't quite know. It's like, no, before we go there, can we please just at least check to see if yeah. all these needs are being met in a person's life or not? And then maybe if they are and the person's still having depression, maybe medication and some deeper psychoanalysis might be necessary. Mm-hmm. But it just it kind of just clarified a few things for me there. Yeah. And I mean, this is the human zoo thing as well. And I'm I'm sensitive to this as well because I also have struggled with mental health a lot in my life. And I also have to say, like, especially coming back after the two weeks, it's like a palpable difference to just, yeah, it's like you're you're in the city, it's like noisy, you know, you have like noise, uh, traffic noise and all this kind of stuff. And you you don't see the sunrise because there's buildings everywhere. And, you know, instead of waking up in the morning and hearing the birds chirping and the fresh air and so on, it's like you wake up and there's still traffic noise, (laughs) you know, and there's no, there's all these elements missing that, that really make a difference. And it's just... It's palpable how this kind of just darkens your your mood a little bit. You know, mm. just nothing has happened other than the location change 
and it's just like a little bit darker, you know, yeah. mentally. And and yeah, so that I noticed that as well. And that's the kind of the human zoo argument, right? It's like like you say, okay, you're depressed. It's because you're in a zoo, and you're not supposed to be in a zoo, right? An animal is not going to thrive in a zoo. You're supposed to be in your natural environment. And your natural environment looks much more like what we had during this retreat, right? Where you're in or close to nature. And, you know, by, by 10 in the morning, you've already done like five things with your community of friends. And you're deeply engaged. And it's like, and there's all this other stuff you have to do. It's like you're so engaged in the process of being alive and doing things that it's like you don't have time to feel bad about yourself in a way, you know? I think that's part of it. It's like you're, and it's not like we're not busy when we're, you know, usually we're also busy, but there's something about, it's more about the level of engagement. Like you're so engaged in what you're doing during this experience that I think that's really mentally healthy as well. Yeah, I agree. That's the, that's, and that is the, the mental health is the main, that is the main takeaway of the whole thing for me because I often use myself as an expert like I experiment with myself and I'm a, and I'm an astute observer of myself too. It's like, if I'm depressed, as difficult as it is, I need to look at my life and see what's going on. Mm. And hopefully I'm always trying to learn how does, how does my mental health improve so that I can somehow share that with other people? Because I recognize that I recognize quite early on in my life that the deepest recesses of human suffering are mental. Mm. I mean, at least that's been my experience. Yeah, I've experienced physical pain and stuff before, but like mental, it's 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 a different, a lot more confusing kind of um, kind of pit you can fall into. So it's like, how do we how do we help people with these issues? And I think for me personally, the the retreat was a a great experiment with that. Mm. And also, it helped me recognize how resilient I can be because I was in the pit of despair and hopelessness. And it's like, oh, Ollie, uh, you're going to die one day. Contemplate that for a while. And it's like, <laughs> okay, then. Hell, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> and it's like, I can handle that. It, it yeah. was a proof. And you, you mentioned earlier, it's like the idea that you've, like the, the initiation ritual kind of thing. It's like mm. you've you've gone through it mm. and there's no, no one can take that away from you. Mm. It's like, yeah, in the midst of anxiety and depression, I contemplated my death. And I stared it in the face and I felt the waves of terror and panic and stuff. And I was like, Ugh. and then it passed. And I was like, mm. I've done, that's something that's happened. Yeah. And now it's like, if I have, say I've got to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone and I feel the fear of that. It's like, that fear is nothing. Mm -hmm. That fear is nothing. <laughs> it's not going to stop me having this necessary conversation because I've stared death in the face while experiencing depression. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a confidence booster. Yeah. Yeah, so I think what we can clearly tell is like, obviously this retreat was a success and I think we can clearly tell that we need to keep doing this, right? That's that's basically my takeaway. And and like I've also said in the past, right? Like with Ikaria, what we're, what we're currently doing is we're just trying to keep marching forward until <laughs> circumstances improve to the point where we can do what we originally wanted to do, which was this kind of thing, right? I mean, again, like we can't launch a retreat now. It's just not the time. But I think what we can clearly see is that doing this was useful. We learned a lot from it. It's another proof of concept. It's another step in the right direction. And basically everything we're trying to do with Ikaria is just continue on this path, right? It's clear to me that we're doing something important. We need to continue on this path and we need to do what we can to to start scaling this. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be difficult who knows how long 
uh, the pandemic is still going to essentially be an obstacle to this. But whatever the case may be, I think we, we got another clear signal that we're going in the right direction. Agreed. All right. So I think that's yeah. it. Once again, should we attempt one of our spectacular it, uh, outros? Outros. I don't even know. I don't, what, what do we say? Well, basically subscribe to things. So, yeah, basically what you can do. So if you, if you, are, um, if you like what we're doing and you want to support what Ikario is doing, what you can do is you can subscribe, obviously. You can subscribe to our channel and stuff on YouTube. You can help us spread the word. You know, if you know someone who could benefit from this kind of thing, send them a link. You can go to ikario.com and you can get our stuff there. You can sign up to the newsletter and whatnot. And also you can uh, go to ikario.com forward slash join to join the community. And the Ikario community is you get a bunch of perks when you join, but mainly it's like a Patreon thing, right? If you want to support what we're doing, if you believe in what we're doing, you can chuck us, you know, $5 a month or something. And that just helps us keep going. Yeah. And uh, in addition to that, we've in this episode, we've mentioned a lot of the challenges we did. So the videos for these challenges, I'm going to stick in the show notes. So that's sicario.com forward slash 029. So I'm just going to link all the stuff we've talked about, all the videos we've done and everything in that post. So you can check that out too. Also, leave us a voice note if you'd like to do that. Anchor.fm forward slash Cario. So uh, that's also an option. But if not, we will see you next week. See ya. Take care, guys.